we've been getting accountability all wrong in the compliance industry. It's not a set of tasks. It's a way of thinking, and it has to come from the heart as well as the head. On Accountability, the Heart of Compliance, Tom Fox and Sam Silverstein dig into what accountability means to the corporate compliance function and business organizations, and most significantly, how to make it an integral part of your culture. Accountability, the Heart of Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox and Sam Silverstein back for another episode of Accountability at the Heart of Compliance. Sam, uh, welcome back. Hi, Tom. It's great to be here. So, Sam, uh, here's a question I've been wanting to put to you for some time, and I'm going to wrap it around a recent uh, announcement by Wells Fargo that they have finally succeeded in hiring a new CEO. Mm-hmm. What does a company do when they've gone through a major uh, regulatory fine, investigation fine and violation, which basically was an ethical violation, where there was a complete disconnect between the values espoused by corporate leadership and what corporate leadership thought the values of the entire corporation were and the reality on the ground. And that's one of the things, key lessons from Wells Fargo. But how does a new CEO begin to change the accountability within an organization? And I just wanted your thoughts on that. Well, you know, it's, man, I'll tell you what, ethics uh, consistency in an organization and then connecting that to compliance uh, is obviously it's an ongoing challenge. Here, here's, here's what I know to be true. It's naturally hard to do the right thing for a lot of people. It's a, you know, they just, they just struggle with that. And the reality is just because marketing came up with a set of values, put them on the website and stuck them in the wall in the cafeteria doesn't mean they're the values of the organization. If you can't prove to me that these values are showing up in your decisions each and every day, they're not your values. Um, if they're showing up some of, uh, for some decisions and not for others, they are not your values. You can't, Tom, you're a smart guy, but there's no way you can convince me that you can be honest some of the time. You're either honest or you're dishonest. You either value people or you don't value people. You either believe it's important to contribute in the community or you don't. There is no in-between. And so the challenge becomes, is the leader of an organization willing to say, these are our values, period, even if it means we lose money on this transaction, even if it means that um, it costs the organization, but this is what we value. Therefore, our decisions are going to align and support that. And if you don't make the decisions that align and support with the values of this organization, you can't stay here. No matter how much you sell, no matter how much revenue you generate, no matter how long you've been with the organization, if you're not living the values, it means we as a group don't live the values. Therefore, if you're not living the values, you can't stay. Now, when a leader is willing to go to that extreme and make those values, as I call, non-negotiable, and you know I wrote a book titled Non-Negotiable, but if they're not willing to do that, they're never going to end up with an organization that's living values top to bottom. Because if you're my boss and you're not living the values, you think I believe I have to live the values? I don't think so. Warren Buffett, that transparency is one of the great disinfectants in a corporation and that, uh, indeed, the light of day is, is a great disinfectant. 
Uh, I actually take that back uh, quite some time to on the waterfront uh, where there's a famous scene where uh, Terry is in the light of day chastising uh, the corrupt labor union leaders. Where does transparency fit into accountability? Well, transparency is everything if, if you want to be an accountable leader. We have to keep in mind there's a difference between transparency and, and um, as my friend Mike Domish calls it, privacy. Uh, you know, it's, there are certain things that do not, should not be shared with everyone. You're getting ready to uh, uh, register a, a trademark, a patent. Um, you know, you don't want to share that with the world because you want to hold on to it till you have the registration in place. But not sharing that doesn't mean you're not being transparent. Transparency is is sharing information, whether it's positive or negative, and not worrying about what people are think, but being forthright and being honest. So if the company is struggling and you go to the people and say, look, you know, financially, we're not performing as well as as we need to. And and we're struggling. And you know what? I need your help because I believe you have the solutions. I believe you can can help make the difference. I think that kind of transparency is incredibly positive. And when a leader is transparent like that, then what happens, the people appreciate that forthrightness, that honesty, that trust that you've placed in them. And then they don't want to let you down. They want to go to work. They want to solve the problem. They want to help come come through for you because you're being open and honest and transparent for them. And you're not trying to pull the wool over their eyes. So I think transparency connects to accountability and, and, and certainly then is going to connect with when you talk about ethics and compliance. If you don't have transparency in place, how are you going to have an ethical uh, environment that is, uh, that, that's got a very high level of compliance? Sam, um, another organization I belong to has a, a set of values that uh, we espouse are simple values and straightforward values, yet um, sometimes difficult to implement. It seems to me that the message you have around accountability is a straightforward message, yet it may be difficult to implement. How does the senior leader communicate to not only his direct reports, but all uh, within uh, in the organization that as difficult as it may be, that these are the values that are the, the, the most important to us and that will lead our decision-making going forward? Well, the leader... Here's be strong and resolute. That's what it comes down to. If the street, if the leader is not strong and resolute, then the values aren't lived, which means uh, I'm yeah, for an example, I'm in Dallas one time speaking to 50 business leaders in the city. We were doing an accountability roundtable talking about accountability in, in different sectors of the community. And I asked the question, what happens if your top salesperson is disrespecting some of the people in the organization and respect or derivative thereof is one of your values? And the CEO of one organization said, my top salesperson? I said, yeah. He says, I move him to a corner office so he doesn't have to interface with as many people. Well, that's not being strong or resolute. That's not living the value. That's saying, hey, if, if you can generate revenue for the business, you can do whatever you want. Because as soon as that leader lets that person stay in that organization, they are saying that is no longer our value. And unless you remove the value of respect from every occurrence in any of the company's materials, then you are a liar. And nobody wants to do business with a liar. And it would sound like nobody wants to even be associated with a person like that in an organization, and it would be incredibly detrimental um, 
to the organization if that occurred. Well, of, exactly. Now, how many times have you heard either one of your friends, or someone that you know, say, you know, I hate my job, but I just I, I just can't leave. It's not a good time to leave. I don't know what I would do. Um, we, we we see poll after poll after poll. Do the research. Look it up. You can see how many people really enjoy their work. And what is it? 70, 75 percent of the people don't enjoy what they're doing. Well, the reason they don't enjoy it isn't because of the uh, the service or the industry they're in. They don't enjoy it because of the people they're around. And it's the leader's responsibility to put together a group of people that connect through a set of values. And so if some people aren't living those values and some are, you have a dysfunctional organizational culture. Now, leaders tend to think that they're making money, and if they're making money, then that's okay. But the reality is what I have found is that companies could do far better than they even imagined if only they would weed out the people that aren't living the values and just keep the people that are living the values. Because the example I gave you, if that person would fire the number one salesperson, everyone else on the sales team would go, oh, my gosh, they got rid of Joe. Why didn't they do it sooner? We hated working with Joe. He was no fun. He was a downer. You know, made me want to come in late and leave early. And, and then they would be thinking, oh, my gosh, the CEO got rid of Joe. Well, the CEO must believe that we're good enough to be successful without Joe. We've got to up our game. How are we going to do that? Let's huddle up. Let's communicate. Let's talk about it. Let's stay late. Let's work longer hours. Let's make it happen. Everything changes. The short-term decision is let the person stay in the organization that isn't living the values. The long-term decision to build a great organization and a great place for people is to get rid of the people that aren't living the values. Show the people as a CEO that you mean business. Ethics matter. Compliance matters. I'm going to live the values. You're going to live the values. You get me excited, Tom. You just get me excited. So can this work at a company like uh, as large and with as systemic a problems as Wells Fargo, uh, even if it's a long-term effort? I believe it can. I believe that it's much easier to change the culture of an organization with 65 people than with 6,500 um, or 65,000. I think that common sense obviously lays that out. But if this is something that you're truly committed to, if you're committed to creating an amazing culture and letting that generate long-term sustainability for the organization and profits, you can do it. If you're worried about your stock return this this quarter, well, then you're just going to maximize sales or maximize your bottom line, and you don't care about your people, you don't care about the culture, and it won't happen. Is it possible? Yes. Be strong and resolute. Sam, that's a, a great way uh, to end this podcast. I uh, look forward to our next uh, session. Great. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Accountability, the Heart of Compliance. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.